Buccaneers 30, Giants 10. Welcome to Talking Giants. My name is Justin Pennick alongside my co-host, Bobby Skinner. And uh, we're coming to you on a Tuesday. Giants lost. I mean, basically, fl- uh, have a have a coin flip. Flip a coin. Uh, decide which Giants loss was worse this season. Was the Rams loss worse or... Is this, this is Bucks worse. or is this Bucks loss worse? Monday Night Football prime time in, a, in front of a national crowd, and Bobby Skinner was in, in attendance. The Giants self-evaluated over the bye week, and Blaine Gabbert played the last quarter of the fourth quarter. Um, so, Bobby Skinner, how are you? You were at the game. Tell me where you are right now, and uh, we'll we'll get to it. You know. Hopefully, uh, the internet's not too bad, but. I mean, that was just a brutal. I mean, that was like an everything sucks game, you know. And then we get the the judge presser, which is maybe the most substance judge has ever given in a presser. It's like, oh my gosh, is change actually coming? You know, it's it's this is that this is that you know that loss of the season where it's like, oh my god, like everything sucks. Like there's just there's no positive takeaways from it, you know. Um, besides, Andrew Thomas had a really cool moment, and we get the joke about Andrew Thomas having more touchdowns than Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony combined. Um, and he's back, and I guess he played well. You know, and it's, it's hard to pay attention to you know some of that stuff on the field when you're when you're at the game. But yeah, it was just a brutal game. Everything was bad. You know, you know from top down. Daniel Jones played really bad. We'll talk about his play. Jason Garrett was really bad. And but uh, yeah, it was. I say Tampa brings out the worst in people, and I actually thought I meant that more for just like people's behavior. I didn't realize that was actually just the Giants. <laughs> well, no, the you you uh, something about Monday Night Football and playing Tampa were cursed. We're cursed, Bob. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I you know, I kind of lost my mind after the fourth quarter. It's like okay, like I'm not going to give a real analysis. I'm just going to screw around. And I was like, you know what? We're just cursed. And people are like, no, they're just not good. I'm like, no, actually, we're cursed. Like, how can you argue with the facts that we're cursed <laughs> on Monday Night Football? Versus Tampa, it's like we're, that's this is like those like I'm weeding out, and I I'll also will say this to the listeners, like, and this is this is mostly to the YouTube crowd. If you're like, hey, I'm looking for the best Giants analysis, this is usually where I come. It's probably not gonna be the episode. Like, if you're not a talking Giants fan, probably not gonna be the episode for you. If you're just a Giants fan, and you're looking for the best Giants content. Like 99 out of 100 of our our shows are are gonna be that. This is one of like if you're a talking Giants fan, listen, like uh. I guess we'll talk about some real Jason Garrett stuff at the top. No, yeah, like, no, we're, we have, kinda... I have some things to say. I, I have some real things to say. Now, Bobby Skidder doesn't go to games often, and usually when he goes to games, I mean, what, you went to one in 2015 when you, when you weren't doing anything podcasting, anything content like that. You went in one in 2019 where, like, Janoris Jenkins got suspended for saying a bad word, and then that, that was also Eli's last game, so, you know, there was nothing really to kind of talk about. So this is your third Giants game, and it was such an embarrassing loss, so you're not used to going to Giants games and then coming right home and talking, whereas I've been to, you know, probably like 100 Giants games, and all I want to do is I want to come home. Yeah, I'm not built for it. And all I want to do is go home and talk about it, because I feel like I actually watch the game better when I go. So, but there are some, like, substantive things to talk about. So let I, this is where I am at right now. Giants were going to lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like that's 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 a known that's a known thing. It's a known fact. The way in which they lost is bad. Giants still have a favorable schedule. Still have a favorable now, schedule. But do they though? It's like the Eagles are a better team. Like they're not going to be. Are are they going to be favored in any game? Like they don't. Like the Dolphins will probably be. Will be at home. They'll be favored. Will the Eagles be favored? Washington will be favored. Dallas will be favored. It's like. What game left on the schedule are we going to be favored in? No, it's that, but that's not the point. The point is, is I'm I'm sticking with my same talking point 
that the Giants have put so much into this season, and it's still not over for them. It, it, it's it's really not. It's really not. Come on, dude. It's the, like, what do you mean over? Like the, like, like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean not? Like, are you saying like they finish? Let's see. Right now they're three and ten, so you have six. Like, when you say not finish, like they can finish th- three and three or something like that. Well, they're not three and ten. Or three and seven. They're three and six. Oh, I'm sorry. There are three and no, seven. Three You're and right. seven. Three and seven. What I mean by not over is Joe Judge's back next year, and that's kind of it's kind of known. And maybe this can go right we'll into see. Joe Judge's post game press conference. Yeah, and, and you know, there's times where it's like you know, there's times where I was like, I was like, Shermer's back, and then it's like, well, they lost nine in a row, and it's like, okay, he's probably not back. You know, where if if which sure if Shermer didn't lose nine in a row, and if he you know instead they went three and six or two and seven in that, like I don't, I probably think Shermer's honestly back. Right. So it's the fact that like it got that ugly, so it could get that ugly for Joe Judge too. Yes, you know, but that's I'm, why I'm, I'm not, saying it's not fan, over. Not just for the fan base, but like the ownership. And that's why I'm saying that it's not over. The se- the season's not over because Joe Judge right now, I think his job is safe, and if he wins these games that they're supposed to win, even if they're not favored in Vegas's eyes, if they win those games, he's definitely going to be back. And I'm not even talking about Garrett. I'm not talking about Gettleman talking solely about Joe Judge and there's still things that there's still things you need to figure out about Daniel Jones they're, they're they're now more than ever especially after the especially after this game uh, my biggest takeaway from this game is Daniel Jones and being frustrated with him so let's just talk about Judge's post game press conference so he had the most notable 7 seconds i think of his entire coaching talking in front of the media life this is what he had to say make all right but as a player there's some things I'd be frustrated too with as well. What, what thing would that be? I'm gonna keep that between the team right there. But as a player, there are some things I'd be frustrated with as well. Listen to this. Well, there's here's another five, uh, seven seconds. Hold on, let me turn my volume up. I have faith in all the people on our team, players, coach, everything. But you know, look, we'll assess everything as a team, make any move we need to going forward. I'm not gonna go into that right now. I mean, he's denying the like. He's not saying Jason Garrett's are off. Like, if you asked him about fifty-three players, any other coach, I don't think he kind of beats around the bush on that. Like that to me sounds like someone who wants to fire Jason yeah. Garrett. And it just wasn't those fifteen seconds uh, throughout his entire pressure, which I actually encourage you to check out the the post game pressure, whether the Giants put it on YouTube or whatever. He harped, harped on coaching. It's on me, it's on us, it's on the coaching to put the players in the best position. So my brain goes to two areas right now, Bobby. And I think I'm siding with the formal rather than the latter. So number one in the formal being trying to save the locker room a little bit, trying to put onus on coaching so you can keep some players active and it's like, hey, show up for Wednesday, let's rock and roll on Wednesday. That's what I'm asking of you right now. And then number two is Jason Garrett which that's what everybody in the media and all the fans, that's what we're all hoping for. But I'm thinking it's a little bit more number one because really, why fire Jason Garrett now? Especially after Daniel Jones had like his worst, one of his worst games as a pro. Like to me, that just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. My my brain does not go to Jason Garrett this game. It goes to Daniel Jones. So why do it now? To save his ass, you know? Maybe. So I, I agree with you. Like that very much could have been what it is. And it's like, that's Joe judge. 
like if if like him saying the quote that you brought up about like you know if I was a player I'd be up. I see that too. It's like I'm gonna stick up for my players. I want my players like to know that I have their back. You know, you know I'm not gonna do that. We just gotta execute better type thing after a game like this where the players played bad. You know, like obviously Jason Garrett sucked in this game. Well, we can talk about some nitty gritty stuff on it. But like the players played bad. Daniel Jones played bad. The offensive line played bad. But the not answering the questions about Jason Garrett, like that points to, that's where I'm like, oh my gosh, he might be fired. Like we might be doing an emergency episode tomorrow. You know, like this is the, this is, that's the most, that's the closest I've believed that Jason Garrett was going to be fired besides like one week before the season was over last year. And then with like a few days left in the season, it's like, oh no, they're going to bring him back. Like this is the, this is like, we've been saying fire Jason Garrett for a long time. This is the first time where I'm like, it might actually happen, and it's not just blind hope by us. Yeah, and I, and I agree, but until they do it, I'm not I'm not putting any yeah. emotional investment into it. Where there's a lot of people that are putting emotional investment into it, you know. And if you're listening to this too, at 11 a.m. tomorrow and they do it, you know, then good. And this conversation's kind of mincemeat and it's irrelevant. But I don't think that they're going to do it because again, the time to do it was in January. The time to do it was after the Falcons game, after Week Three, after that horseshit performance especially after week one and week three um you know time to do it was any insert any week where the giants only where the giants offense only scored one offensive touchdown not necessarily after this game where your offense coordinator got praised the offense coordinator got praised the last three last three weeks and then two you know two and one stretch offense coordinator got praised for how he dealt with the lackluster offensive line and now when daniel jones performs bad you're gonna fire the coordinator it just it wouldn't it wouldn't not make sense to me um, you know, I, I would have rather them just do it in January, but at the same time, it's like, even with Daniel Jones playing bad, like they essentially put up three points, you know, they adore Jackson yeah. had the interception <laughs> and then you run a trick play to, like your, your offense. It's like your offense running its offense basically put up three points in this game, you know, and, and again, it's, it's blame on coaches and players. Um, but like, you got to view it from his point of view though, with judge, you know, not like as a giants fan and what we think survival mode kicks in for them too you know where it's like you're talking about like he's gonna be back like judge may not know that you know like you don't think he's you don't think he's thinking about his survive his survival you know like how if how's he gonna run it back with that same offensive coordinator so you know that could be like his survival mode again we're this is speculative and again by the time you're listening to this podcast you're probably gonna know one way or the other so i don't want to go too like deep into like is he gonna be fired type thing but i mean I mean, some of the stuff tonight, you know, like that fourth down was one here. First of all, I can't stand when we are in do or die plays, which is like third down and fourth downs. And f- first of all, we cut the field in half. Yeah, but not those even rollouts. cut the field in half. You do these bootlegs. They had Colin Johnson. Here's who the eligible receivers were in that play. Chris Miriak, who's like, I guarantee you like 90% of the people listening don't even know who Chris Miriak is. I don't. Matt Parrott. Colin Johnson, and then either Evan Ingram or Kyle Rudolph. I can't remember which one was on the field. Like those, and Saquon. Saquon in the flats off off of the boot. Like those were the eligible receivers on that fourth down. And then there was another one they converted, the one that was thrown to um, Tony, where it was like Jones is like, it, it was like, just like, I hope someone please break open. And, you know, Tony did, and they got they converted. But it was still, it was like, that's still a bad play call, even though they converted it. And we're going to talk about Jones with Galladay, Justin. I guess this podcast is getting more serious than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like, like you know, in that first drive, you clipped it, and two, I was like, man, he had Galladay over the middle. 
you know, and there, and again, like we'll talk about Jones. He deserves a ton of blame, you know, probably like, you know, one B with him and, and him and Garrett in this game. But it's like through this Kenny Galladay being on this team, it's very clear. It's like they just don't prioritize using him, you know. It's like they kind of run the offense like they don't have a Kenny, like 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 Kenny Galladay is Darius Slayton, you know. It's like they just don't throw, like it's what they just they literally besides the Washington game, they just haven't schemed up like, hey, we've got a one on one, let's take a shot with Kenny Galladay. No. They just since the Washington game, they haven't done that, and they didn't do it in the Denver game, and. You know, and even Tony, like they don't use Tony really in like in the quick game. It's just, it's so broken, man. It's it's frustrating, and it's like this is with a bad offensive line. Like you should be prioritizing getting those shot plays. And I will give them credit, like they, you know, they didn't try and like, oh, let's run the ball, run the ball. Like they knew the Bucks are going to stop the run. They didn't try to run the ball in this game. Like probably the majority of their carries came in like the last quarter and a half when the Bucks were just playing like prevent defense. The very rare, like there's really no positive takeaways from this game, you no. know, besides maybe Andrew Thomas. And I'm sure, you know, we could watch the film and it's like, well, this, you know, Aaron Robinson actually played pretty well. Like over, like defensively, offensively, there's really no positive takeaways. No, when you mentioned that fourth down, uh, my, my main gripe with that fourth down is that it literally took them 27 seconds for them to get in the huddle, for them to call the play, where you saw on the broadcast, standing around, looking at the sideline, standing around, looking at the sideline. Are we going for it? Are we not going for it? What's the play call? What are we doing here? What are we doing? And then finally, you you know, it gets the, the camera pans over to the huddle, 13-12. They're in the huddle giving the play call, and then they're rushing to the line. So this is just an unorganized team, an unexperienced team. This is why not going for it on fourth down and being so conservative, it, it, it kills you so much because then in the situations in which you do decide that you do want to be aggressive and you do want to go for it, you don't have the experience. So there you go. You know, you want to, you want to talk about outside the analytics and outside of the, the computer bot decisions, not being aggressive on a sustainable basis hurts you because when you try to be aggressive it hurts you because you don't have the experience of, okay, we're going to go for it right away. You know, that should be a decision that's made on second and third down. Like, hey, we're going to go for it on this fourth down. You know, not something that's kind of decided kind of like in the moment. Then they call that bad play call where they cut half the field. They rush up to the line, unorganized. They're unprepared. They're unready. And it was a good execution on Tampa Bay's part of stopping it. But also the Giants, they looked like they rushed it. Um, So that's my thing with the fourth down. Let's talk about Jones. Yeah, you know, we talk about... And again, it's kind of hard from from the state and get the replays and stuff. You know, we talk about interceptions. Like, there's different types of interceptions. There's interceptions that are bad uh, accuracy throws. There's interceptions that are bad, like, decisions. Like, okay, this is how the, they baited you into this. And there's just, like, the what the hell was that? Yeah. And that one that was, like, at, it was basically, like, it was a what the hell was that interception. Because, like, who, you know, we talk about the ones versus Tampa last year. That one was, like, who, who like I, I don't like did he think Billy Price was eligible like you know Miriak was kind of close but it was like he clearly wasn't throwing to him that was like a you know that was one of those plays like what what are you doing you know it's, it's like I'm trying to understand like what happened on that play um, and it's just like there's no explanation for it and that falls into what I think are the worst type of interceptions yeah you know where it's like the Rams game you had two interceptions where they are definitely not good but they're it's like you see how they got he got baited into it it happens to all quarterbacks that's the type of interceptions where it's like you know those are so frustrating and you can get away with those if you're taking chances and making big plays 
you know, if Daniel Jones had that after in a four touchdown game, is it is it just as dumb? Yes, but it's like you make up for it because you're an aggressive offense. But when you do that in what's a very conservative garbage offense, well, then it just stings that much worse. Yeah, and it was the missed opportunities along with the interceptions that really got me. You know, you talked about that Galladay play, but that's a touchdown. I, I I really do. That's Kenny Galladay's first touchdown. If Daniel Jones is seeing the middle of the field, then I think he even had another another guy that was running behind Galladay uh, that was running like um you know in out route in route whatever you want to call it. You missed him and you tried to force the ball to Tony there, which Tony was somewhat open to. I, somebody said on Twitter that oh Tony it was actually a good read. Tony ran this wrong. I don't know. It was something was missed there. You had a a ball that sailed over the head of Darius Slayton on the opening drive of the third quarter um, as well. You said last year, Bobby, that after that Tampa game, that that was the lowest that you were on Jones. And I'm flipping the script this year. This is the lowest that I'm feeling on Daniel Jones right now. Yeah, and, and part of it is the timeline, you know, where that bad game last year with Daniel Jones was year two, you know, and he built he built on it. Um, but like I said, you know, it's we're entering towards year three, and like and like we said on the evaluating Daniel Jones episode, it's like he can't be the guy until he's the guy. You know, it's like at some point it's, you got to win games and stuff's not built around you. Great, and, and he's going to be back year four, but it's it hasn't been put together. And you know, I might have hit on this before, but we're but behind the scenes. It's I'm dealing with crappy La Quinta in, uh, internet, so tweet at La Quinta to figure it out. But it's like we're kind of working against the clock with our rookie, with our not our rookie QB, our young QB, and we're not those bad decisions, those dumb decisions. They're not being overcompensated for by big plays. You know, it's just like all right, bad decisions, and also we don't move the ball at all. Yeah, ten points all came in the first half, and uh... <laughs> seven of them off of Nadoria Jackson interception down to the five yard line, and they went to the and the, the touchdown went to the offensive lineman, which that was fun. It was a fun play call. Um, you know, first time a Giants offensive lineman scored a touchdown since I called that. By the way, ask Julian because you know how they were warming up. The they had the clip of the Giants offensive lineman catching passes. Yeah, any any time Giants offensive linemen catch passes in practice, you know that you know that that's coming. So that was in my head, but honestly, as a good Giants fan, I'm like, I'm not going to tweet that because you never know who's watching, you know. And then so they report. I don't know if you can hear this on TV. They're like, number 78 is eligible when Matt Parrott came in the game. That is one of the and advantages I, of going two games is that you get to hear who's eligible and who's not. We did not hear that on the TV. Everyone around us, I was like. I was like, I was like, I promise you, they're gonna throw the pass to Andrew Thomas. I promise you, it's gonna happen. Uh, like everyone around me, I was like, watch, Andrew Thomas is gonna get a, a catch right now, and they freaking did it. And I felt like, I mean, I felt like a freaking football guru to be honest. Did you freak out? Time. Oh yeah, I was losing my mind. I was like, I got it, I got it. Just, I was losing my mind in the stands, uh, which it was a pretty good atmosphere in Tampa. It wasn't as Giants. Take you know usually the Giants would take over Tampa combination with the Giants sucking and the Bucks being on a Super Bowl and then you got Monday Night Football. It was actually like mostly Giants fans or mostly Bucks fans, right, like good. by far. It's a good catch too. It's a hell of a catch. Yeah, we should be putting that on a T-shirt, but it's like we can't. Should we put Fire Jason Garrett on a T-shirt and just say screw no. it? Like we're not supposed to do the fire shirts. You know, it's, it's our company looks down on doing that stuff, but I feel like we could just get. You know what? Actually, no. No. Like, you get the media some clown shirt. Yeah, media, media, some clowns. Le- le- leave it at that. Um, 
good catch. Andrew Thomas, fun. Um, let's see. Yeah, Winning. he's the only bright spot. Yes. So we talked about Jones. I mean, what else? What else is there to say about Jones? You know, it's it's bad. It's it's bad. It's year three. I mean, definitely his. It. Let's see. Whoa! It's this this year. How many games has there been? Ten. Ten. And then six after. So the last sixteen games. This this is like. Well, the Rams was bad, but honestly, when you like when you look at that Rams game and it and it was definitely very bad. But you're like you look at all the surrounding factors, and you and you know I talked about before like there's different types of interceptions. Like those are the type of interceptions. It's like okay, I I kind of get it. You know where these were like the you know today was the dumb one, and then the the second one was a as a just a bad throw. Yeah, the the Rams game, the Rams game, the Rams scored 28 points in the second quarter. This this game was 10-10 at the time. The Giants failed on the fourth down conversion, and they rushed that play, and they didn't fully execute that play. You know, it was ten ten, and then they were, I think, they were down seven at when at the on the fourth down conversion. But it was ten ten, like like for a while though. Oh um, no, I'm yeah, I'm sorry because it was seventeen ten because that was the first drive coming out of out of halftime. So it was yeah, you're right. It was seventeen ten. Um, you know, and then Daniel Jones throws the interceptions, and it's still it at least the first one. It's still a game where it's like the Giants are kind of in it. So that's where I think it makes it a little bit different versus the Rams game. You know, there's. There's no have any big plays, man. Yeah, I'm, well, it was Kyle Rudolph, the 38 yarder, um, and uh, the John Ross 16 yard run. I think those were the two most notable big explosive plays. The John Ross end around, and then the which I, I like that little Kyle Rudolph play. You know, little, he he ran he ran a a route going up the sideline, and they put Elijah Penny in motion uh, pre snap. You know, maybe gave Daniel Jones a little hint as to. You know what coverage the defense was running, and boom, Rudolph was open on that left sideline. So, um, no explosive. I think that was it. You know, those are the two relevant explosive plays that we had this game. What um, happened on the pass interference on the Tony to Slayton play? Like, how do they pick that flag up? The explanation that they gave on the broadcast is that the feet were entangled with each other, so that's why they picked it up. That was brutal. I mean, he like tackled him. Yeah. Uh, I mean that's not the difference in the game. I was just frustrated. I've, cho- at, I've at chosen in my fandom, unless it's something really, really egregious with the refs. I've chosen in my fandom, especially since the Giants have been such a bad team, that I'm not going to get really that emotionally invested in referees blowing a call. Fair. Um, I said I was going to kill him, but I, I, I'll also not get for you. Well, no, when you're when you're at the game, it's a different story. When you're at the game in the moment, it's like shit. It's so infuriating. I, I start understanding <laughs> my mentions on game day just like you know what people are at the game they're having a few beers they're not analyzing it like you are it's like okay i get it like i'm just pissed like i it's not i don't have my halftime thoughts are that i'm pissed um all right so we're we're, we're dumb and jones I, I think this is jo- this is jones's worst Saquon's game an afterthought at this point I, I, hold on it's... hold on i'm gonna get to him jones's worst game since tampa bay last year and tampa bay last year was jones's worst game of 2020 fair so would you say this is his I hate doing this on Sunday, on Monday, or the night, to just, like, look at a big picture. Where do you, like, rank this in, like, bad Jones games? In, in his career we're talking about? I don't, I don't I don't really fully know. I think this is the worst of his of his year, of his season. Oh, yeah, no doubt. You know, the Rams game, obviously bad, but it's like you look at the context, like, that one is not as bad. This is just, and, and they had a weak secondary. Did, did, I, I hope we got the portion where I'm like, they just don't prioritize Kenny Galladay, which doesn't make It's like, why did you guys sign this with this idea of using him this right. way? And before we talk about that, 
and some other players on the offense side of the ball. I want to talk about Manscaped. So, gentlemen and ladies, the holidays, they came early because Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand, has launched new products, including the all-new Ultra Premium Body Wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to get yourself the beautiful gift of skin, hair, and balls this holiday season. I guarantee your hygiene routine will never be the same. Go to manscaped.com slash giants for 20% off plus free shipping. Plus make sure you're feeling and smelling prepared for a little action under the mistletoe. So actually, I recently just gave I recently just gave the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner as a gift to a friend. I have some myself, but then I went to Manscaped, used promo code Giants, got some two-in-one shampoo and conditioner for a friend. And actually, what I've been doing just as a gift, so I haven't been going to Manscaped all the time to purchase all these products, but I've been telling friends, I said, hey, you need stuff. Go to manscaped.com, use promo code Giants, which I feel like that's just as good as getting somebody a gift, kinda, if you get them 20% off and free shipping. So what this two-in-one shampoo has, they have key ingredients with benefits that include sea kelp extract, helps remove toxins while hydrating hair and scalp, doesn't dry up your hair and scalp, coconut water, saw palmetto, Helps promote hair strengthening and regenerating, which if I have trouble pronouncing things sometimes, but they still somewhat sound like natural products, that's how you know it's good. Take care of your hair, fellas. So what again, what I want you to do is get 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash giants. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com slash giants. Keep your candy cane fresh this year. With Manscaped. Didn't even mention Lawnmower 4.0. They have so many other stuff. So much other stuff. So clean up your body. Clean up your balls. Manscaped. Thank you to Manscaped. Yeah. So Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay. Those are the two players that I mainly want to talk about before we move on to anything else. Thoughts. We'll talk about it. You Saquon's in like an afterthought. Yeah. Which we went into this game saying like, hey, don't try and force the run. But it's just frustrating. Like we draft him second overall, and he's an afterthought. Yeah, they 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 talked us into that. This dude, even without an offensive line, you know, Dave Gettleman with the whole line in 2018, you know, he makes your offensive line better. He makes your quarterback better. You know, th- this organization talked us into is that this player would make everybody else around him better, and that is such an unfortunate expectation that a running back should have to be put under. But that is the case with this franchise, and it is the case with Saquon Barkley. But even outside of but it that, it wasn't even the draft spot. He was amazing his rookie season, and it's just like he's gone. He's gone. Even outside of all that, with with what Dave Gettleman says, Saquon Barkley is just not the same football player. And right now, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a good football player right now. I think he's a decent football player. Don't think he's a good football player right now. After his rookie season, people were talking about he might be the best running back ever. Like, behind that horrible offensive line, he put up 1,300 rushing yards, another 700 receiving. Like, that year was amazing. You know, and I know the Giants suck, and you talk about it, but it's like, you know what, even if they drafted Quentin Nelson, like, I, I, I think we leave that season being like, Quentin Nelson's amazing, and, you know, but he didn't. But it's like, and it's just, he's just not that player, you know. I, and it's, it's, I don't know what to do. Like, there's no way, like, and we're talk, talking big picture here. It's like, what happens? Like, like. You know, before I kind of just was like, they're going to extend Saquon. It's what they're going to do. But it's like, do they now? I, they can't. They I'm can't. like dumbfounded. I'm like, what happens with Saquon Barkley, who at one time looked like he could end up being 
the best running back, you know, a top five running back of all time. Like after his rookie season, if you said like Saquon's going to be a top five running back of all time on any show, no one would have said that's an overreaction. No one would have. And right now it's just like, it's, it's, I mean, they didn't give him a lot of carries today, so maybe we shouldn't overreact to this one game. But it's just like he's, but he, he's just an afterthought at this point. And he's injuries, injuries. It's, I don't know. Dude. No, but it's, even it's, when he does touch the ball, Bobby, you know, there there are some situations where I'm looking at it saying, you know, even though Saquon Barkley, I'm not expecting you to take a ball to the house here. But when you're one on one with the safety, and you can't break a tackle to even just extend a play and get an additional yard or two, because gang tackles is a thing in the NFL. So even if you catch a ball on the flat and you can't even break one tackle, and then when you do break a tackle, you trip and you fall, which I I know everybody was flipping and slipping on that Tampa turf, but I'm sorry, Saquon Barkley, whenever he breaks a tackle, he's constantly slipping and falling even on that MetLife turf too. Doesn't matter where he is. Really doesn't matter. So I, I had the I had the comparison on, on Twitter. This was mainly a joke, but I'm also kind of serious. I feel like Saquon Barkley has the legs of a Dude, human horse. You sounded like you were on drugs with that tweet. He has the legs of a human horse, but he has the body of like a newborn deer. Because there's just things that you're are on, moving you're... so much faster than other aspects. Like his, he, He's a non-factor. He's a non-factor. And this is what I also wonder. When are we going to turn on to a Giants game? Like whether it's a Fox broadcast, an ESPN broadcast... NBC, if we ever ever get a Sunday Night Football game ever again. When are we ever going to turn on a broadcast and hear, hey, Saquon Barkley's just a non-factor for the Giants. Because every single weekend, it's, oh, when do the Giants get Saquon Barkley back with all the analysts, right? And then when he's back like tonight, they're talking about him like he is this X-factor. Like he is this X-factor that actually does provide a difference when... Right now, that's just not the case. So when does that actually start to become a narrative? That's my know. question. But it's like, you know, we talk about like 2018 was an amazing season. for Like even 2019 battling with injuries, you could put like a highlight clip together for Saquon Barkley. That's better than every running back in the league. You know, and that was with missing a couple games and dealing with the sprint. And then at, since the ACL, it's just like it's nothing. There was one 40-yard run versus Washington that honestly, that's probably like a 20, 30-yard gain with every other running back too. Because it was blocked really well, you know, it wasn't like Saquon had to do much on that play. It was just, it was a very well blocked play, and it, it's been nothing since that. Not taking a screen play like he did versus Pittsburgh, and you know, turning a you know a, a third down into like like making like the plays that Tony would make now. You know, it's yeah. just I don't know. So we kind of already. What do you have to say on Galladay? Because I feel like we kind of talked about him already. Two targets. Now something that you did not see. On your end, while you're at the game, Lewis Riddick was really going in on Galladay, saying this dude has to be better. This dude has to be better. And he did point out a play where Kadarius Tony catches a little bubble screen, and Kenny Galladay just whiffs on a block, which, you know what? If you're trying your best and trying to make an open field block as a wide receiver, that's not something you're asked to do constantly all the time. But Kenny Galladay, on that specific play, now I'm really pinpointing one play here, and I may be broadening out to a bigger point, but looked lazy. Where Tony, if he makes that block, or at least if he makes a better attempt to get in front of him, Tony can maybe spring that for a 10, 15-yard gain. Versus it's a 5-yard gain because Galladay doesn't make his block, and I think he's forced out of bounds. So there are just some plays 
where even Kenny Galladay dropped the pass. I think they called pass interference, but dropped the pass, gets up, doesn't have any kind of reaction, just runs back to the huddle. I am hoping, 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 and maybe you could look at this on the film review. I am hoping that Kenny Galladay is not a player that is lackadaisical right now because things are not going the way that he thought. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that's not the case. But that screenplay where he really gave a piss-poor half-ass effort at blocking his guy, and it could have been a huge Kadarius-Tony game, I'm hoping that is not the case. Okay, I didn't see any of that, so I'm I'm not going to comment right, on it. Right, I still think if we have a better offensive coordinator, Galladay, where you like him a lot more. Yeah, and, and he was Jones need to, needed to hit him. Jones needed to hit him when he was open earlier in the game, too. I mean, Kenny Galladay, if there's one player who probably hates Jason Garrett more than anyone, it's probably Galladay. I mean, literally week two, he was yelling yeah. at Jason Garrett on the sideline. Like, you know, four days into the season, he was yelling at Jason Garrett on yeah. the sideline. And it's like, it's just totally like... If there's one player who probably deserves to hate Garrett now, I'm not saying he needs to go on ESPN and do an interview, but if there's one player who like deserves to hate Garrett, it's probably Galladay more than more than any of them. Yeah. Um, can we talk about the O line? Um, I gave Matt Parrott a salute today when I went down at oh, the good. end, and when Ben Wilkerson was ripping into the offensive line for oh, yeah. two back-to-back sacks, Parrott looked in the stands, and I was next to LPG, and I just gave him like a, and he kind of gave a, a head nod. So I wanted to just be like, hey, dude, like. I, you know, I, I wanted there. to scream and be like, "Why are they not playing you? What does ha- what has to happen?" And I, I'm sorry, neighbors in the next room. What does Nate Solder have to do, or Matt Parrot have to do? Like, does is Matt Parrot like an asshole? Like, does he walk into every meeting and just whip out his big old wiener and like oh. suck this Rob Sale? Like, what? Ha- wow, it makes no sense. Honestly, the offensive system makes there's nothing on this team with this coaching staff that makes less sense than the fact that Nate Solder continues to start. It makes no sense, Justin. They were forced into playing Matt. And again, this doesn't make a difference in the game, anyways. But it's just like I don't, I don't understand it. What does what has to happen? What like why did if if listen if you don't think Matt Parrott's good, it probably won't be good. Why did you go into this year with this as the plan? Like, are you like, this is where we try to be level headed. We try to be like, all right, even if we disagree with things, what's their point of view? You know, why are they doing it? This is the one thing where it's just like, you guys, you guys, are you guys stupid? Did you, is it because of the contract? Like, why? Like, you can't, there's no good reason. Like, you can find, you know, even when you can't stand Jason Garrett, you could be like, well, the offensive line, there's like, there's no good reason right now for Matt Pitt to be starting. Not a single one. We watched him play the last month, and it's better than what Solder was, and he was at a, a more critical position of left tackle. What has to happen? Like, why did you draft this guy? Like, it's it's. I'm, I'm blown away the fact that he doesn't play. And we don't even need to talk about it further. It's just, it blows my mind that he's not yeah. playing. Yeah. So Status salute quo. to you, Matt Parrott. If you watch this, do you have family members that watch this? I'm sure you're thinking they're <laughs> It's unreal. And the offensive line sucks. How bad did the offensive look like on, on, on the broadcast? Cause well, it's a, it's, well, I will say. Um, I saw Thomas gave up maybe a sack at the end. But yes. I was kind of I was kind of checked out. But did he look good overall? Yeah, yeah. Uh, besides the garbage time sack, which somebody in the Patreon chat pointed out. Um, besides that, you know, you're, you're not you're not calling his his name much. Um, in all honesty, you know, there was one play where I thought Solder was bad, but. You know, at least on the top of my head, there wasn't a play where Solder blew up. You know, the running game is a different story. Um, but the play that stands out to me the most, and I 
I clipped this from the Talking Giants account. Well, not Namakansu. They they rushed three on like a third down. I know Nam- which exactly which one it was. Will Hernandez gets beat for the sack, and Billy Price is like just get depth, dude. I put it Find on Billy Price. I put it on Billy Price because they're rushing three, and whoever's rushing on the left side of the offensive line, like Billy Price is staring that dude down, but he's by the tackle, and then Billy Price like looks over to Namakansu with Will Hernandez. He doesn't react right away. And then by the time he reacts to give help to Will Hernandez, who's getting his ass kicked, there's nothing that Billy Price can do because Namakansu's already one buying. Allowed, though. Yeah, and that, so I found that to be very, very funny that, you know, um, the Giants account, you know, tweeted out that PFF, Billy Price only has, has allowed one sack this year, and then he has that abysmal play. And I understand, you know, Hernandez gets blown up, but dude, I mean, it just the lack of awareness, the lack of just spatial awareness in a pass set where they're only rushing three. It's not even like a guy's stunting. It's not even like you have to worry about a linebacker. Linebacker that drop back of the coverage. No, they rush three. And you're just looking at a dude that's covered by the left tackle. So that was bad. Billy Price, that was bad. What do we do with talk about the defense? I kinda wanna just move on and yeah, end let's... the show and have some fun. Like what like I saw Brad Bray gave some catches. Uh Tom Brady I mean if you know, we talked about going into this game, like the defense has been good, but it's like, you know, part of that has been the QB matchups, not bad QBs, but more aggressive QBs where Brady's going to take what they give you. Like they didn't beat them with big plays down the field and Brady was surgical in this game. And yeah. that and that mix with the bad pass rush is like, you know, it's, it's like your, it's the worst, it's your worst nightmare. Yeah, with the defense, 29 pass attempts for Brady in the first half. Um, you saw the difference between, like you said, Tom Brady and a guy like Pat Mahomes, right? Where Tom Even Brady... Far. Tom Brady is going to take those checkdowns immediately and right away. How many versus, catches does Fournette have? Versus Pat Mahomes, he's going to take a while to work back down to those checkdowns. Um, I believe he had a he had six receptions, thirty nine yards. Yeah, on six targets. So we'll do if they don't. We don't if we're not doing an emergency fire, Jason Garrett. So we'll talk more about the defense on that. Yeah. Brady's MVP um, for a reason, you know, and, and that's that's he should why. win MVP this year. By the way, too, I know the the two games before this weren't great, but he like look around the league, Tom Brady. Yeah. Unless you want to give it to like Jonathan Taylor or somebody, um, like if, if it's if it's a QB award, like Tom Brady, I think should be the league MVP this yeah, year. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. Um, you know, Brady could have a bad game here and there, but you know, he's gonna have a bad game because Tom Brady is gonna have just genuinely like a bad game. He's not gonna have a bad game. Because, like, Mahomes is going to have a bad game because he doesn't work down to the check down quick enough, you know? Stafford is going to make some bonehead decisions with the ball. Um, you know, Brady is going to be surgical, and when he has a bad game, it's just sometimes genuinely, yay, yeah, sometimes you just beat him. But you're not going to... There's certain ways to beat other teams versus the Bucks. Yeah, you're going to have to really come up with some sort of triumphant effort, and he he showed it there, so, yeah. If Logan Ryan plays, we win the game. Yeah, that's the take. No. Did he tweet? I so I felt bad because he tweeted out like I'm gonna be tweeting during this game. I can't, and oh, I no. quote tweeted. And I was like, "Ooh, wow! I'm so happy!" And then I deleted it like two seconds later. I was like, you know what? Don't let me not be a dick because I don't like the corniness of yeah. of. Did he? T- I guess we should look right now. I don't know. Did, I don't. I don't know if he tweeted. Um, Ed, all edge rushers had a bad game. Leonard every time Williams, Nick Gage tweets though during a game, I get hyped. So I, maybe I'm being a hypocrite. Leonard Williams had a really bad game, at least in my opinion. I um, saw he missed the tackle on the reverse, but it's hard to like. 
it was so usually I'm watching the broadcast and you you're watching it up front. So since I was at the game and up high, I was like I'm watching the secondary. It's like I never get to watch the secondary and the routes yeah. develop. So I was like I'm watching. That's what I'm watching all game. Thought that Dory had a good game, and that's and that's maybe it. You know, maybe Aaron Robinson had a good game. I don't know, but um, happy that Dory finally got his first interception. I don't care if it's bogus off a tip. Didn't see him get targeted really at all. And Hashtag locked in with load. There you go. All right. Um, I kind of hate his tweets. Anyways, you're gonna have a great career in media, Logan Ryan. Maybe you'll join John Boy Media. I don't think um, he would like that. We'll, we'll have him on. Like, all right, I would. Make fun I of would you? like it. Um, read the read the last ad. Sure. And then we'll talk about Tampa and yeah. just the city of Tampa. We'll talk about Bobby's Bobby's life. So this Thanksgiving, be thankful for family, food, and free bets. Ooh, that's right. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a turkey day no-brainer you can't miss. New customers can just bet $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you could still get in on all the Thanksgiving NFL action. Make your first deposit, and you can play for millions with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what I want you to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY, bet $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game, and win $100 in free bets. If either team scores a point, that's promo code JOHNBOY this Thanksgiving at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. Must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, Tell me about Tampa. All right, yeah. So if you only care about the Giants stuff, piss off. Um, I don't know. Gary Myers' tweet, which I guess maybe going on about this tweet after such a low moment for the Giants is probably not the time to be like. But his his Gary Myers' tweet about like, why did they pass on Micah Parsons? I don't want to hear about the bear. That rocked my morning. It's like, anyways, I guess we won't harp on that one. But I just, I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. I'm going to remember that tweet for the rest of my life. Um, I don't want to hear about a key piece of context as to why the Giants didn't take Micah Parsons. I don't want to hear about the exact reason why they didn't. <laughs> Someone replied to my tweet and it's like, why is your grandfather a hero? I don't want to hear anything about uh, storming Normandy Beach or whatever. <laughs> So oh god <laughs> all right and then right, speaking so that's of, one story speaking of hitler somebody excuse me i said speaking of hitler oh um someone did a side-by-side picture of judge and hitler next to like of their face like in one sure should be talking about that well yeah because i didn't do it and someone replied to it to zach rosenblatt and then zach like texted it to me immediately uh and then, like, as I clicked on it, he's like, it was deleted. And then Zach sent me the screenshot of it, which I was just like, oh my God. Like, this isn't your... your time in Tampa. This is just your time in Tampa reading tweets. Um, so, what do you want to hear? I mean, the pop tire is boring. I popped a tire. Ooh. I want to hear the Porter Potty story. Okay. So, wake up at like five, like six in the morning. And I was like, I want to go down to the river. I want to go hang, you know, get my coffee in the morning and go down to the river. And I was like, all right, where's the n- nearest Dunkin' Donuts to the river? And then I go to it, but there's like, you kind of have to walk to it. And so, and then I had to really go to the bathroom. 
like you know did a little drinking maybe had some you know uh liquor poos someone bought us tequila shots huh had a few brewskis yeah and i'm like okay when i i'll go to the dunkin donuts go to the bathroom and get my coffee then go down to the river and so i get parked to where it's like uh, it's like a 0.2 mile walk and i just it wasn't there like it's it, it just that dunkin donuts wasn't a thing but I'm in the middle of this construction zone, and I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to poop outside. Like, it's, you know, I'm going to use my boxers to wipe and go back to the hotel, shower, and go about my day. And then I see a porta potty and I was like, yeah. So, and I, porta potty is the most disgusting things in the world. And so it's like, it's like, why? Why, Bobby, did you have to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and leave, and leave the hotel? Why couldn't you just hang out at the hotel? Go to the Dunkin' Donuts that's near the hotel, and I'm just like, I can't believe I'm sitting in here on a porter potty at seven o'clock in the morning on this random construction zone, like people working around me, and I'm just in there, and my flip flops in a, at a construction. Oh no, flip flops! No, I hate talking about this stuff on the show because it grosses me out when other people talk about it. But it was just like this is unreal. Like this no, only I, happens I love to this. me. I love this stuff, but it's the flip flops that threw me out. That threw me off. Just disgusting. I love I love a good emergency bathroom story, but now you t- you're talking about being almost bare almost barefoot, having feet and toes exposed. I literally drove back home or to the hotel and like showered immediately. Um, wow. I mean, it was just disgusting. You were okay. next to Joe Ruback, license plate guy, for his viral reaction that, moment so that what was is that gonna like? be his most viral moment that's more than like the super bowl ones like that was what happened was is there was this dude behind us who was the most and i wasn't next to uh, lpg the whole game i came down for like the last 10 minutes because he's like i'll try and find seats for you down here and then so like a 10 minutes left he's like there's seats you know and i was like all right i was like screw it we'll come down and there's this guy being like put glennon in this guy stinks about it just kept on going to joe like this guy stinks, Joe. <laughs> and so, um, and you know, Joe's a nice guy. And I, I saw, and this is why I couldn't stay down there. Cause I would end up like telling that dude, like, can you please shut up? Like, just shut up. And I kept, I, I was telling him and I, and I was like, I was like, I turned around, I was like, and Mike Glennon is like amazing. Why don't we play Mike Glennon? You know, was being sarcastic with him. And then he keeps on going to Joe. He's like, this guy stinks. And then I'm like, I was like, yeah, why doesn't license plate guy bench him? Like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, I'm starting to get annoyed at the guy. But LPG's a nice, he's he's a lot nicer than I am. And so that's when he does the, like, he, you know, like, he's just trying to, like, please leave me alone type thing. Uh, and they caught that. And I, you could see in the corner of the screen, you could see my, like, you know, my little, like, oh, wow. my hair popping out. Like, you, you want to you know what would have stood out more is if you didn't cut your hair. I know they would have put us on. It's like look at these two blondes. They, they, you would have been like, look at these, look at these brothers. Yeah, or like father and son, but it's like this son is a lot taller than him. Uh, I wouldn't call yourself. I wouldn't give yourself that compliment thinking you're that much younger than Joe. I mean, he's probably in his forties. I'm in. I'm twenty. I guess. Yeah. I guess, damn, I'm getting old, dude. Yeah, I hate old. this. You're old, man. I'm. Be, I'm going to turn thirty next year. This sucks. He's more likely to be my father than your father. Um. We went to, and me and him went to the lightning game and we bought standing room only tickets. He's like, a, like, you know how, like when we did our fan fest thing, it's like, man, this is pretty cool. It's like, we got people who are fans of us and they're coming up and taking pictures. Like it was pretty cool with LPG. It's like on a, just another level. We literally ran into some people and they're like, where's your seats? And we're like, we don't have any. 
you know, and they're like, oh, well, like, let us take your number and we'll get you tickets to the game tomorrow. And they're like, no, we don't have seats to this game that we're in the stadium for the hockey game for. And so they brought us down. And, like, they, I mean, they were really cool people. I would love to connect with them, but I don't think they're on, like, Twitter or anything. But, like, some older, like, they're really cool. And they, like, we had great seats at the hockey game. And it was a great hockey game, too, by the way. Wild were down by two with five minutes left and ended up tying and going to overtime. Like, it was an, an intense hockey game. A little bit better than the Giant game. Oh, yeah. That was way more fun. Can I tell you, so I thought about sharing this story, but I'm going to do it because that's just what I do every time I say I'm not going to share something. I was in the same location as Pat Leonard on Sunday night. Yeah. And I Sun- felt bad Sun- because yeah, I, f- I felt like my presence kind of forced him away. Because like like, I clearly don't like him, and I would assume he clearly doesn't like me. And so when I showed up, he just kind of like went away. Like he was, you know, still in the same, you know, like location, but it was like he wasn't hanging out where I was hanging out. But it's like, I'm not going to like go to him like, I think you suck. You know, it's like, I'm, you know, for as uncivilized as I am. Oh, and by the way, shout out Mr. Fomer Simpson, uh, 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 uncivilized nation. Um, but it's like, I'm still a civilized human being. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do that. You know, if he would have said something to me, I would have said something back. We're just like, all right, let's just be adults. You guys are going to hug it out one day. I believe it. No. You know me. I'm too, like, strong-willed and stubborn that it's like I'm not going to play. I can't do it. I just can't. Like, I, I, I just can't do it. There wasn't a part of you where if he came up and he, like, joked and he joked around with you and, and it was it, it would be like a let bygones be bygones conversation, but without saying let bygones be bygones. Maybe, but I'd also like I'd point. I wouldn't be like all right. I, I would be like I was like I know what you do. Like you do what you will do whatever you can to get as many yeah. clicks as possible. You don't believe in it, uh, most of the stuff you say. You're you're literally just going for the maximum clicks at all times. Yeah, it wouldn't end in okay. Pat Leonard joins the rotation of beat reporters. That yeah, like are he'll interviewed never on come show. on the show. Yeah, yeah. Um. That's always that's like that's like high school clickish like I know and and honestly I I hate that like I do like I hate that um you know and it's like even like when we just it's just it's I I I'll be I felt bad I felt bad um so how about that look at me um and so so he has all the right in the world right now to like tweet at me and be like this pussy didn't say nothing to me media some this- clowns you're you're part of that. No, I'm You're not part, part of, of that. But like he has if he wants to tweet and call me a pussy, he has every right. He has every right, honestly. Um and we need to host the Brandon Jacobs versus Mark Colombo pay per view. He replied to my tweet saying he's willing to do that. We need to host that. And I will be the biggest hype man in the entire world for Did you Brandon add him Jacobs. or did he find it? I quote tweeted him. He just oh. was like he wanted to go to the Frank Gore fight, but he's like, I'm not paying those type of money for those tickets. And I was like, I was like, we need a Mark Colombo versus Brandon Jacobs pay per view. And he said he's about it. So nice. we need to make that happen. Like that has Mark Colombo. You don't have a job. You're a loser. You're a, you're a scumbag. Ho- Actually, homeless people. I like. I I, I like them. I, I I. But like you are like you're just you're just a loser. You know. Um. You know. And I will whip your ass. And Brandon Jacobs will whip your ass. So let's get it on. So John Moy Media can, like, sponsor this, and they can organize it and. We yeah, have an events view. person. We could do we it like like Kimbo Slice old school like backyard brawls like like I mean we did that in high like we literally would have like backyard like boxing matches. Let's do um, that. We'll stream it. It'll go. We'll 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 make sure you get paid, Brandon Jacobs. Mark Colombo will pay you in like Coke or something because you're a cokehead. 
throwing out a lot of allegations right now. I'm feeling a little frisky because it's primetime game, but whatever. Yeah. All right. So, uh, that's your time in Tampa. I mean, you also cut a tire, but I mean, the sun also came up this morning. too. Yeah. That's, that's old news. Um, (laughs) so how many times are we going to do that segment? Um, so, all right, anything else? I mean, we'll be back either on Thursday. We'll either have an episode out Thanksgiving doing a mailback podcast. Th- Thursday and Friday we, we'll, we'll be back this week. Friday Plus, we preview. I'm coming to Jersey on Friday too, but we'll talk more about that on those days. Yeah, Thursday, Thursday, Friday show we'll have more of an announcement of uh, we are going to have an event for the Eagle we're, game. We're going to be catering it, right? Like we could just say that. We yeah, we're going to be catering it. We're going to be so, catering the Eagle game, but we're going to pin down the exact details of Parking Where, lot L, there'll be food. Well, Bring your own drinks. Yes, let's let's hold off on the exact location for now. Um, you know, it'll be it'll be a good time. So come out to that Eagle game. Um, if you're get tickets, get tickets to Eagle game right now. Get tickets. Bobby and I will be there. We're gonna have a good time. Even if you don't want to get tickets, a lot of out, listeners hang- traveling in. Mister Brownstone is going to be there. I'm excited to meet him. Yeah. There's gonna be people there. Come hang out in the parking lot. At least you know get a get a parking pass and come hang out, hang out in the parking lot for a bit and then. When we all go into the game, I'm sure there's going to be other people that are hanging out watching the game from the parking lot, so they can hang out with them. So, all right, that's the show, Bobby. Take, take. Do you want me to take us out of here? No, you take no, us out. I, I got to take what to us do. out. I, I got to take us out. We appreciate you guys. Monday night games usually bring out the worst of these podcasts. Like every year, it's like which is our worst podcast? The after the Eagles game, uh, 2019. After the Bucks game last year, and this will probably like our. Our least analyst. Actually, you know what? It's still better than what everyone else is doing. So, actually, you know what? Screw that. Let me stop being like that. This is better than what everyone else is doing. Pat on the back for me. How about that? Uh, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you when we see you. Hopefully, we have an emergency episode. Uh, if not, we'll be back on Thanksgiving. So, you have a podcast on Thanksgiving. Ain't anyone else putting out that for you? We appreciate you guys. See you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue. <laughs>